All right, welcome to episode 36 of uh, the Bobbycast. Here, this episode with Walker Hayes. Hey, bud. Hey, buddy. So, uh, <laughs> I guess now we, we spend a lot of time together because we're on the road right now together. And so, now I get to ask the questions that I don't get to ask, like, when we're just sitting down. Because mm-hmm. the people want to know, like, the real stuff. And so, uh, there'll be stuff, like, some of the stuff I wouldn't ask you. Yeah. Like, like we're just hanging out before a show. Right. And we'll be like, tell me your deepest fear. Yeah, you don't ask me stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, we just talk. I, yeah, we just talk. But... We're always like getting ready for stuff, right? Too, because you always got to go on and play. Um, so here's the the whole. What we'll do is we'll kind of encapsulate you, and then we'll just work back. Okay. So right now, you just signed a record deal to Monument Records. Right. What does that mean? Uh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, it means I have another chance at having a career, you know, as an artist, and and. That being my full-time job, I mean, that's what it means to me. Uh, it might sound simple, but that's exactly what it means. It means I have a career, a chance at a career, a long-lasting career. Again? Yes, again, another shot, for sure. So you talk about other shots, and, and just quickly here, because then I want to go all the way back through it, but yeah, uh, you've been on labels before? Yeah, this is my third record deal. I've been in Nashville 12 years, and I was signed to Mercury, Got dropped on sign of capital. Got dropped, and uh, you know, didn't think I was going to get another chance because you don't really get that many um, here. Most people don't get two, and uh, so this is my third. The thing about Walker too is that I, I we didn't know each other, and I, we first moved here. It was when my co-host Amy's mom was sick, and I got this song. I said, "Hey, this guy named Walker. He's wrote this song called." Uh, joy like Judy, and so. And I heard the song. So we be choosing to use it to make a beautiful voice. And Amy's mom was fighting cancer, and we were doing a fundraiser, and it wasn't even for her mom. It was just we were, you know, doing a pimp and joy thing. That's how we met, and so. You came, and the song actually was downloaded a bunch of times. You know, that kind of thing happened. And then I didn't see it for a bit. I didn't see I don't see anybody, first of all. Yeah. But I didn't see it for a bit. And then I'm on YouTube, and I do the thing on YouTube where I find an artist, and it'll go, also recommended, mm-hmm. also recommended, also recommended. And so that's how I find music and artists, and I'll go to SoundCloud, and I'll do whatever. And I'm uh, going through, and I see this song. Right here. And I was like, that's Walker Hayes. I was like, you know, that's a joy like Judy guy. Yeah. Same shaker. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it sounds like nothing else. I remember thinking that. It's like, it sounds like nothing else. So I played it on the radio the next morning. And I was like, I was like, this is... You just hear something that, that it, it strikes you oddly. And then from there, I just started to play all your stuff on the air. Because I'd sit there and I'd be like, oh, you think that's good? Yeah. You got to hear this one. Stars. I was like, uh, my favorite song is a comedian. It's too bad. There you go. Being funny. So all these songs, as I would hear them, I would be like, this is unlike anything I'm hearing right mm-hmm. now, period. And I would talk to my friends, like Dan Smyers from Dan and Shay. Yeah. Him and I would talk about music a lot. And I was like, this Walker Hayes stuff is like 
next level, like cerebral type stuff. And I don't even think anybody even notices it right now. And he's like, well, you know, we talked about it. Then you ended up going on tour with them. Now you're on tour with me. And it's like, that's where we are right now. So that's where that's where we are. That's what we're going to come back to. Yeah. But now I want to go back to the very beginning. Okay. So you talk about you came to Nashville. You came to Nashville. How old were you when you came to Nashville? Uh, I was 20, let's see, I'm 37 until 24, 23, 24. You, you go to school and study music? Uh, I went to college and I did eventually change my major to piano. I graduated with a degree in music with an emphasis on piano. You're a good piano player? No. Nah. <laughs> You're, are you a, no, are I mean, you a piano player? Could yeah, you I mean, sit I, down at a piano and people be like, "Oh, that guy can play piano." I could, uh, you know, I could, I could play with the songs, my songs. You know, I could play for myself. I had to do a lot of classical stuff, you know, obviously to graduate. But when I moved to Nashville, are you sandbagging so, a little bit? Like, a, like a golfer would be like, "I'm not that good." Then he goes no, out. No, no, no. I mean, honestly, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really play piano until college. And I met, you know, I met a professor, and I said, "Can I finish this on time?" So I got pretty proficient you know while i was in college it's a lot of muscle memory and a lot of cool stuff i learned but now i could just chord around kind of like i'm as good at piano as i am at guitar so you 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 knew the guitar then too though right you played guitar then yeah were you you musical through like elementary school high school you're growing up my wife and i we actually met in a in a uh, school play Uh, you know so i did that kind of stuff school theater and sang in choirs uh, and things like that. Music really. Um, my dad was a music minister um, before he started selling real estate in Alabama. Yeah, yeah, in Alabama. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, he kind of gave me that music bug. I uh, didn't really chase it as like a dream, you know, a job or anything like that. Then definitely didn't even do that out of college. Um, I went to kind of go work for him. Uh, so when you finished place. school, you went to work for your dad, who was a real real estate agent. Yeah. So I finished school, got my real estate license, and I got engaged. Uh, to Laney, you know, we have been dating on and off for a bazillion years, and uh, that was my plan. That was my answer to her. Her dad, you know, what are you gonna do? And it was work for my dad. And uh, my dad encouraged me to go play at a bar. It's uh, called Mobile Yacht Club off of Dolphin Island Parkway in Mobile. And he kept encouraging me to do that. Uh, he thought it was funny, kind of how I would mimic people. I knew like a couple songs on the guitar and would play around at the house and he wanted me to do it and um i didn't want to do it because i had stage fright uh, that scared me to death you know getting up in front of people and singing and uh finally i said dad i'll do this uh, if you'll leave me alone you know about it and stop asking me to do it and i uh, went up there on a friday night sang some songs and pretty much changed changed my mind about life so you <laughs> and, went uh, and you performed you were like all right this is what i want to do that's it I mean, crazy whim, called Lainey, said, we're moving. Then I had to tell her parents. <laughs> really? And um, they, weren't, they weren't too excited. I wouldn't be either. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Either. All right, two I'm things. One, I'm going I'm to do a commercial real quick here because yeah. it's a sponsor. Yeah. Two, people are going to get really irritated with you if you keep going and okay. as it goes. <laughs> so they're going to they're, they're go, well, Walker, not stop going during the interview because I don't even notice I do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let, let me talk about this. First of all, Blue Apron. If you, I don't know, when you come to my house, you see a box, Blue Apron, what it is. You know, listen, not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference. So it's important to know where your food comes from. You eat clean. Dude, I'm a health nut. You just, you just did it again. Sorry. It's tough to realize you do it. There you go. You got it. Like Walker eats really clean, and for me, it's about that too. There you go. I sniff. Always I ma- it's always noises. <laughs> it's always noise. Uh, 
Blue Apron is affordable too, less than $10 per person per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes, pre-portioned ingredients, and you can make the meals at home, guaranteed to. And th- this lifesaver is there's a card and it tells you how to actually make the meals, which is great. And so, because me, I'm not that good at cook, so it helps me make things and I eat clean and you can check the menu out, see it all yourself. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash bobbycast. You love Blue Apron because it comes right to your door and you can pick your schedule and you can pick your food. You love how good it feels and tastes and you'll create these meals. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Blue Apron, it's a a better way to cook and it's a better way to even trick your uh, significant other into thinking you're a good cook. So there's that. Thank you, Blue Apron slash bobbycast, blueapron.com. And so, okay. Uh, Do you cook, by the way? No. Because you have six kids? No, I do not cook. Six kids and a wife? Six kids. Three boys, three girls, and a wife. And you don't cook? (laughs) I don't cook. No, I cook. I mean, I cook an egg. Yeah. Oh, you can't cook. cereal. You can't cook an egg. All right, so you uh, you decide uh, we're moving to Nashville. Just from one night of playing in front of people? Yeah, it was pretty wild. I mean, I, I played, had such a great time. I called Lanny, said I want to move to Nashville to sing. That was it. So I want to go. And well, what's her reaction? Uh, you know, I think she was pretty adventurous. You know, at the time we were kids, excited about you know getting out of town. Um, she was with it. I mean, oddly enough, she there was no second guessing on her part. She was ready to go. And so, uh, what what was your style back then? So my style back then, I, I remember two songs that I played. Uh, one was uh, sitting on the dock of the bay. And then uh, then Dobie Gray. Uh, drift Away? Yeah, Drift I guess Drift Away. And uh, I only played like five songs. I just played them over and over. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to come up and sing, you know, move to Nashville, try to be a rock star. Do you think you are going to make it? Yeah, yeah, I did. I was dumb enough to, to be like, yeah, I'm going to go, you know, and figure this out, be famous. I mean, I knew nobody. We had a great time picking out our apartment. Um, and stuff like that. Honestly, meeting with her parents, they were really frightened and just thought I was nuts. You know, uh, this was not, this was on such a whim and the security that I had, you know, in Mobile made a lot more sense to them. And um, so, yeah, I mean, man, we just found an apartment, got married and drove up here. So you move here and what does one do when you don't know anybody in a town like Nashville and you want to make music? Like what's the first step? You go outside and Man, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, the absolute first thing I did was go sign up for an open mic night at the Bluebird. Uh, I was, I don't remember exactly what number I chose, you know, to get selected that night, but... So you played the first night you went? I came on a Monday night, stood in line, got selected. Uh, they, They were about to call my name, but I realized that everybody in there was playing songs that they had written, and I showed up to play covers, so we left. And then I came back the next Monday uh, with a couple songs that I wrote that week and then performed. And it was the same rush, you know. That so I the had. first time you went, you end up not playing? Well, I chicken out because you don't play I Gray. wasn't about to get up and play that. I, I was going to play Drift Away. Here's a little song, everybody. Give me the beat, boy, and free my soul. Then, what? Yeah. <laughs> Did you write that? You yeah. like a little something I wrote? So, yeah. so first time you don't do it. Second yeah, time you go and you do it. What would you play? What song? you remember? I do. I remember I played a song about as, as as short of a time period as we had been married. I learned very quickly that when you bring up the in-laws, that your significant other gets really pissed. And so I wrote a song about that. And it was kind of a joke, you know, a funny song. And uh, 
I don't remember the title of it. And I played two. And I just remember the crowd reacting. You know, they How they react? They laughed. They had a great time. I mean, they went nuts. It's a real supportive crowd. At the Bluebirds, they're there to hear the writer perform their song. So they went nuts. I mean, it was not, I didn't like get a deal or anything quick, you know. But Did you feel like after that night, though, that you had cemented a little more in your head, like, I can do this? Uh, I didn't really think about whether I could or not. I just did. You know what I'm saying? And I also, it was like a drug. I mean, I th- honestly, but since then, I haven't stopped writing songs. It's just, I fell in love with that. That conceiving the idea, putting it together, playing it for somebody, getting their reaction, moving on to the next one. You know, my favorite song is always the one I'm working on right now. And uh, that's kind of how I've been since then. It just, it pretty much consumes my life and has since then. So how long until you get, and I'm assuming you're getting a publishing deal first, which is what happens, you get, they, yeah. they pay you to write songs. How long did it take from you playing that bluebird to you getting a publishing deal? So I had a, I had a day job. I booked uh, motivational speakers at Premier Speakers Bureau uh, in Franklin. <laughs> like what motivational speakers ran through in Franklin? A lot of right-wing conservatives, yeah. uh, old Steelers player Rocky Blyer, a couple authors, um, Oliver North. Really? One of their guys, yeah. Sean Hannity, we booked them. Uh, some of those were exclusive. Um, sorry, again, trying to get rid of that tick. Uh, but, yeah, just – I, I booked them and uh, lost. I actually lost my job in a year, and then I got a pub deal. So I, it took me a year and a couple months to secure a pub deal. So in that year, you're just writing and sending songs to people, going, "Hey, check it out, check it out, check it you out." You know, in that year, I was working. You know, that was nine nine to five. My clientele was West Coast event planners, so I got to show up a little bit later and stay a little longer. But I was writing songs while I was working you know, on my computer, just loading it up. And, yeah, I mean, playing open mic nights. Anybody I could ever get my songs in front of, obviously, I was trying to do that. Playing all the local, um, you know, songwriter nights that I could. And, um, yeah, I wasn't really comparing myself to other people. I just loved, like I said, I loved, loved, loved writing. I mean, obsessed with writing. So you write and you start to get paid to write. And what what was your first cut? Shoot, man. I mean, my my first pub deal actually got me a record deal first. I mean, I didn't get a cut. So your pub deal got you a record deal first. Is this the Keith Urban demo story? No, that's that's Capital. So that's the second deal. The first pub deal I ever got was from a a neighbor heard me messing around on the porch. He said, man, I really like what you do. I'm going to take you, introduce you to two or three people. He brought me into town. I met two big-time producers. A neighbor uh, where? In Franklin? In Franklin. Here's you playing on your porch. Here's me on the porch. Yeah. He's like, dude, I really love your voice. Did you, did you write that? I'm like, yeah, you want to hear some more? End up, I wrote a song about his kid whose name is Hogan, which that was a business move right there. I was like, dude, if I write a song about his kid, it's going to really you know, hook me up. So he takes me into town, introduces me to, to, introduces me to Scott Hendricks, David Malloy, and a guy named Christy DiNapoli. And uh, Christy wanted to sign me to a pub deal. The other two wanted to maybe cut some sides and do the shoppy thingy. And I wasn't really ready for that. I just wanted to write, you know, really bad. I wanted to get paid to write songs. Uh, And at that time, I only had one kid, so I didn't have to make that much money. Um, And so anyway, Christy signed me under a guy named Buddy Killen, who's uh, gone now, but great 
first publisher to have learned a lot from that guy and Allison Jones. I know this is industry, but signed me at Mercury. And so you get a publishing deal and a record deal basically at the same time. Well, I got a pub deal and then we, we worked on it, you know, and he cut some sides there and then they shot me and then got me, got me my first record development deal. So what, when you get uh, signed to a development deal, what do they start doing with you? What do they develop? So the development deal basically got me, uh, James Stroud, great producer. He cut some sides on me. So what we did is just accumulate songs, kept writing for a little while, uh, chose the best ones went in the studio, caught him with an excellent band. So that was my first experience with that, you know. And, of course, we came home with five songs. I thought I was going to be Garth Brooks. Were you? I sounded like him. Yeah? I sounded better than... No, I was not Garth Brooks. I, I, I had some great stuff. You know, looking back, I think some of those sides were good. But uh, there was a falling out within the company, and it wasn't long till I was off that, that label. I mean, that, that deal expired pretty quick. So you're on, you, you, did you put a record out? I didn't. I cut five sides, literally ex- ex- celebrated the cutting, my first. You had five, know, five songs, you cut five songs. I'm going, I, we're beside myself. Right. And this stuff sounds so great. Uh, we finished those in a December. I got a call in January saying that uh, James Stroud was gone from the label and that they he had parted with co-head you know, head people and uh, Allison Jones was leaving and I wasn't. I wasn't on the label anymore. So. But the label stayed? Label stayed, yeah. So you, and you every, never put out a single? No, never put out a single. Did you still have a publishing deal? I did. Okay, so you're still writing. Still writing and uh, still, still, still trying to get outside cuts, but did not get outside cuts. So you, you have to go to another, uh, try to get, how long until you get signed to a different label? So after that, it took me two years to get another label. Now, is and this when Urban hears your... This is when Autumn House, a friend of mine, pitched a song for Keith Urban. Keith Urban did not take the song, uh, but the A&R rep at Capitol, Autumn House, said, I like this guy singing. I like this writing style. You know, who is this kid? And uh, they said, it's Walker Hayes. You know, And within a couple months, I had a deal in Capitol. A lot of my deals came pretty quick. You know, Deals are hard to get. Uh, but my first two just kind of fell into my lap. I mean, it, they they just kind of came out of nowhere uh, for me. So you get a deal, you start to cut songs again, or do you use your old songs? Oh, man. When I got a deal at Capitol, I was writing. You go through the producer search. You know, I was on Capitol two years, probably before we even decided, you know, to try a single. You had been signed for two years before you put a song out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've been at Capitol around that time. Is it frustrating? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, we were looking for the right producer. We tried some. We cut some. They just didn't didn't blow our minds, you know. So then you have your first song. What's your first single? My first single is Pants. All right. She can wear the pants, but she can't run the shoe. I like that. I like that look you're giving me, Bobby. Did you write that? I did. I wrote it for my wife. <laughs> when you hear this song now, what do you think? I cringe. Why? I don't know, man. You know, I just hear it, and uh, 
it just doesn't sound, you know, it doesn't sound that great. I just don't, I don't hear it like I did then. When I heard it then, I just, you know, I just thought, this is going to be amazing. And um, I don't know, I just hear it now and it just, the, the, maybe I've gotten better at writing, you know, and I can just see the holes in there. But yeah, I, I cringe. It's like hearing myself on a uh, answering machine. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> so, how'd this thing will do? I have no idea. The song was added heavily, you know, right off the bat. And, uh, you know, I saw success coming my way quick. And uh, then it just hit a wall. And uh, some people were slow to, to pick it up, and it went to 38. And uh, eventually, um, you know, Mike Dungan and Capital pulled it, and uh, they decided to go with another one shortly after that. What uh, song was after that one? They went with a song called Why Wait for Summer, and it did not do um, as well so as if, Pants. if you have two singles that didn't work, does, did they drop you, or did they go, we're going to work on some other stuff? So we, we chilled out for a long time. You know, I got put on the back burner, and uh, I sat. For a long, long time. And, man, honestly, just to give Capital some credit, I mean, they believed. I mean, they believed hardcore, and and they stuck their neck out for me. Um, I didn't fully understand, you know, the need for the machine. I didn't know how the biz really worked, you know, at that time. Uh, You know, there was a little bit of arrogance. I'm not the most coachable human being on the planet, and uh, that kind of, you know, shot me in the foot back then. But, yeah, we sat for a long time. I continued to just write and write and try to give them that one, you know, that they felt confident. You know, if you're going to go three deep, that third one, I mean, that's your Hail Mary right there, you know, especially if the first two have flopped. Um, so I fought and fought, you know, to write and, and to get that that song, the one, and man, just couldn't find it, and um, you know, eventually got dropped. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was the beginning of some dark, some dark times right there. So you get uh, dropped from your second label. Yeah. What year was that? You know. Let's see. It's 2017, 14, probably fourteen, beginning of fourteen. So you get dropped in 2014. So what do you do? Well, at that period. I think I have four kids, so I'm still not, <laughs> I'm still not uh, truly buried in fino- financial woes. But I had a pub deal, you know. So my my publishers, that's one thing that's that I've always had is a pub deal. Publishers that believe that I can get outside cuts, you know. So at that time, I didn't, I wouldn't say I just shut the artist thing down, but I wrote, man, I aimed and aimed to get outside cuts. You know, I wanted outside country cuts. I wanted these mainstream artists uh, to, to, you know, I just knew somebody was going to cut one of my songs. It would be huge, kind of solidify me a spot in that writer community. And uh, I eventually did get a cut. Um, From? Rodney Atkins. Uh, he cut one of my songs called Touching Feet. And uh, it was, you know, it was a great motivation you know, to keep on writing. It didn't end up being a single, but hey. What about this one? It was all right with you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, baby. Kind of forgot about it. Sleep, sleep, love you, repeat. Hey, 
That's Rodney Atkins too, right? Yeah, yeah. It is. That was the so that was the one he cut on the next album, and that was ended up being his single. Yeah, yeah. I think I killed his career. <laughs> no, no, you I didn't. didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't. No, he. Uh, man, Rodney's a great guy, and and he believed in some of my songs. And man, even though you know I had several of those types of songs that that would get cut, and maybe they weren't the single, the big the big dog on the record. But when you get those. Man, it, it just kind of tells you, it's like, it's like a whisper saying, hey, stick around. It's all right. You're here for a reason. What about this here Cole Ford song, Dirty Side? Dude, love this song. This is my jam. Did you write it? Yeah, I and wrote you're it on with it. Cole. Yeah, he featured me. I didn't know you could dance like that. I got a girl with a dirty side. Let me hear you sing. Oh, 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 So you and Colt wrote this? We wrote it together, yeah. And I was super appreciative that he, that he featured me. I'm talking about the perfect girl, man. I'm going to tell you they everywhere. Stop looking at magazines, head on out. Right, so you're writing. You're out. You don't have an artist deal. Right. Which you probably still want, even yeah, though you're nah. not. You still want to be the artist. Right. But you do have, you want to be the writer. You talk about having dark times. Like what, your mind just like. What I'll tell go? you what the the darkest period I ever experienced here in Nashville was past these cuts. You know, you get a couple cuts, and I'm still I'm not able to. I mean, I'm barely supporting this. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, the, the money's not just rolling in from from these types of cuts. I'm I'm not having hit singles, which is kind of what you got to have. You know, nowadays to 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 thrive as a writer. You gotta have one every now and then. Um, I'm loving what I'm doing. I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm getting better and better and so much closer to dialing it in, you know, with, with what artists need and what they want and, and getting those outside cuts. But I'm playing at Puckett's Boathouse and money gets real tight. I'm talking seriously tight. And uh, I don't really like to ask for help. And I, I had toyed with, you know, getting kind of a second gig. And I remember this this night, I will never forget. Uh, I'm playing Puckett's Boathouse. Which, by the way, is a, it's like a restaurant and a stage. Yeah. For people. I, I, um, just so they, It's like a very famous Nashville southern food restaurant. Yeah. And there's a stage on it as well. Right. And so what I, what I was doing is, you know, I didn't have an artist deal, but I want to keep performing. So that... Uh, the, the Andy Marshall at Puckett is so, always so gracious to me, giving me a gig. And I'm playing for tips, and what I would do is play an hour and then host an open mic night uh, just for the community. I wanted to meet new writers and stuff and kind of do what people did for me in my first couple of years here. So one night, this guy comes, and uh, his name is Nick Kanger, and uh, sweet, sweet guy comes up, wants to play at the open mic night, and he just thinks, you know, he's he's heard my songs on Rodney, my stuff on Colt. He thinks I'm like Elvis, you know, and he's just treating me like it too. And he and he mentions at one point in the night that he worked at the tire center at Costco, and I was looking for a job at night so I could continue writing during the day. And so it was just a humbling moment to kind of be like, hey, 
while you're getting my autograph, do you know any, you know, is there any openings at Costco? You know, are they looking for, for people that stock stuff overnight and stuff? And he hooked me up and uh, that's how I got a job at Costco. But it was just, I mean, I don't know if embarrassing is the word, but you know, it was just, it was an interesting moment that he saw me as kind of like an influence on him musically. And was so happy, you know, to meet me. And I was like, Hey, uh, kind of need a job. You know, I need some help. Can you, can you hook me up? And, uh, so that was, that, that was a low, a low point for me. Um, kind of having to ask, uh, for help from that guy. Do you feel like you learned from it and, and appreciated it even more afterward? Just through that experience just, with Costco? Just through that experience. Everything, everything that is connecting with people now is pretty much about that experience in my life. So, yes, um, it's been truly beneficial. Um, I got a great perspective, uh, you know, on what matters. You know, what matters? In life. Uh, that's kind of what Leela Stars is about. You know, I did a lot of... I did a lot of, um, I don't know what you say, like, not soul searching, but, you know, we, uh, yeah, interesting song. The sky ain't falling, it's just the roof of my car. About your daughter? Yeah. Yeah, that song is about the thumbtacks that she gave me to hold up the roof of my Honda uh, that I had at the time. And when my roof was coming down i lost it because uh, at that point in my life i was drinking a ton just to kind of cut the the edge off the heaviness um and the burdens and stuff that i, I was kind of up against uh with wanting to still chase my dream kind of thinking i was nuts um pretty much everybody looking at us from the outside probably thought i was nuts too um you know i had all the kids and I was still trying to do that to take care of them when I could have, you know, done a lot of other things and made a whole lot of sense, you know, to take care of them. But yeah, Leela Stars is about those thumbtacks that she she let me borrow, and I was really bummed and frustrated at the time. Uh, the The roof coming out of my car was one of those moments in your life where you, you're looking up and you're like, "You got to be kidding me," you know, like I need one freaking more thing. You, you know, to carry right now and uh one morning when i was about to clock in at costco i looked up and i saw those uh thumbtacks and it just reminded me well first i thought of her face and just her smile and how much fun she had putting those up and uh she just thought they were awesome you know they made the car look incredible and uh, it was just an interesting perspective at that time to remember hey i got healthy kids i do have a job I have two, you know what I mean? And I'm still able to write. My wife never was unhappy, you know. I was really the only one uh, that was unhappy. Um, and so that was a, that was a great moment. Um, and, and got a cool song out of it. So you were drinking a lot. You don't drink at all now. No, sober. So, so you must have been drinking a lot to have mm-hmm. to go, I, I have to stop. Man, I was, I mean... We want we want to talk about numbers. I mean, I was like, I mean, I was drinking from I was drunk at Costco. Um, you know, obviously I was doing my work, um, working hard, but I mean, I was I was drinking on on breaks at Costco. You know, I go to the parking lot, 
you know, and do that, leave, go do a show with the Bluebird. You know, they were hiring me for shows. I was still able to get some work out of them. Um, I drink before them, drink after them, drink while I wrote, drive home, drink more. Were you drinking because you're sad? Man, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think I was just, uh, just didn't want to face not making it, you know, not, not being able to, to take care of everybody, you know, it's it almost like when you're drunk, uh, those things aren't as heavy, you know, they don't matter, I guess. And, um, drinking a little bit out of just insecurity and fear, you know, I guess, uh, you know, just scared. What was the know? point where you were like, okay, I gotta, I gotta chill. Dude, me quitting is the weirdest story. Uh, I don't, you know, hopefully at some point it'll make sense where I could kind of help other people and, 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 ex- and explain it. But honestly, I mean, I think I was, I think my body just said to my brain, you have to, you have to quit, you know, we're working and drinking that much. Uh, I woke up on a Saturday. I remember that as an October football game day. Me and football not drinking just didn't ever happen. That hadn't happened since I was probably like 15. I don't know, something crazy like that. And I just didn't drink one Saturday. And I don't even know why. I didn't like wake up and say, man, I got to stop. I just woke up, didn't drink that day. Um, Didn't drink on Sunday. A couple days turned into a week, you know. And then it became this like challenge where it was like, I've gone this far. I want to go backwards, you know. And I also kind of had a little sobriety high. You know, when you quit drinking, you've been drinking that much, your body feels really, really good once it gets over, um, you know, not craving just to drink with with all your might. But uh, so, yeah, now I'm like, that was two Octobers ago, so I'm a year and almost a half. The funny thing is, I don't drink either. Walker doesn't drink. And when we go on tour, there's beer everywhere. Like, the rider's, like, full of beer, and it's Walker. Oh, yeah. Like, Walker, <laughs> it, just, it just sits there. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, Walker, yeah. I know you don't drink, but if you know anybody <laughs> that wants beer, they can have it. So Nikita yeah. will end up drinking some of it. She'll have yeah. one. Her little Nikita. Uh, so, okay, tell me about this song here. Uh, All right. This one, let's play. Uh, let's see. Man, I got all of them. It's like asking me which kid I like the best here. <laughs> Uh, talk about this one, beer, yeah. beer in the fridge. I quit drinking. The reason I want to get drunk. Because I played this on the radio. I was yeah, like, I, I was moved by the song. Yeah, no. I still yeah. look out for the cops when I'm driving around town. And I'm still not quite sure what to do with my hands in a crowd. There's a lot I can't remember and a lot I can't forget. One silver bullet in a chamber And I'm playing Russian roulette With that beer in the fridge Last of twelve Sole survivor of my last all-nighter In the back of the bottom shelf How real is that song? It's gonna be so real, man. Uh, it just touches on a lot of, you know, fears, insecurities that I deal with. And like, you know, you were asking... You know, why were you drinking that much? Uh, you know, my wife has never never threatened to leave me, but she probably should have several times. 
you know, in those, in those, in that time period, you know, when I was drinking that much and, uh, there, you know, there was, there's so many lines in that song The the first, my one song line, one lyric in that song that I feel like describes me and something that I deal with is the first one about ran into your mom at church. Ran into your mom at church. She said, I'm praying for you. Yes, now. Well, like, I'm just, I just care what people think, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I am my own worst critic as well. And drinking, uh, made me care less, you know, uh, that was one positive about drinking. You know, obviously no, you don't need to drink to do that, but you know, I, I, I feel pressure, you know, to, to be a certain, just, I don't know, to succeed you know, and, uh, from yourself, from myself. But, but, you know, like I said, when I told Lainey's parents, we were coming here, I feel the eyes, you know, I feel the, I feel people saying, oh, you're crazy. You're not gonna make it. You're not good enough. You know, you're not this. And I don't want to believe them, but I kind of do. And when I'm drinking, I definitely don't, I don't care what they think. Um, but that song is so true. You know, the line about the hands. I mean, dude, the first show, uh, that I played, uh, without a beer, I just felt completely naked. I mean, I've never felt stupider uh, in my life because, you know, so many years of strumming that last chord and reaching for that beer. I was to a point where just holding a beer, before I even opened the thing, it gave, it made me feel a sense of security. You know, that's kind of where I was with drinking. But, yeah, it's true. I mean, um but again, I will say, I mean, Lenny, it's not true. Lenny, I didn't lose, you know, my wife, but, uh, you know, she shed many tears, uh, you know, talking to me about it. And I was at a point where I admitted, you know, she, she would say things like, she, she didn't say things anymore like, do you have a problem? I would admit. I, I wasn't in denial at the point when I quit. I said, I do have a problem and I can't, I'm not going to go without it. You know, I need this right now for me you know i want to move over to the comedian yeah the your dark songs like resonate with me yeah like hardcore yeah like beer in the fridge you know i come from a family of addicts and alcoholics yeah. and i was like dang man, i just i just i feel the honesty in these yeah. songs um with the comedian which i'm gonna play right here it's too bad being funny and being happy ain't the same thing it ain't the same thing It's so sad Some of the loneliest hearts in the crowd Are the most entertaining Such a strange thing Here's to the ones who make us laugh To keep themselves from crying Here's to the ones who make us laugh To keep themselves from crying Like I heard this song And it's still giving me chills to hear <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tell you, it's like... It can, and I have issues yeah. like that, like where it's, you know, I want to make people laugh so they can't see how yeah. sad. And and it's a process that I've been dealing with for a long time. Yeah. And it's that's the front. You try to make people laugh. Right. That's where you find love. Yeah. That's where I always was able to find love. Like, let me be the guy that makes people laugh because that's, I'll find the love from that. Right. I have trouble accepting love. I have trouble giving love just uh -huh. from the environment. You know, you and I talk about is it nature or nurture? Like we have that conversation right. like away from stuff. 
And you know, for me, I think it's, it was definitely nurture. Right. The, the love thing. And I heard that song. I was like, dear God, is he writing songs from my brain? Like every song you, you would sing, I'd be like, God. So the comedian, is that about a friend of yours specifically? Yeah. So you went to high school with him? Yeah, it's about a friend I grew up with. And he did not uh, commit suicide, but he died at an early age. And um, he was that guy, uh, you know, just hilarious, um, but did have issues. You know, and as we all do, you know, I think so many people uh, can re- can relate with that song. You know, it's that we all try to find that affirmation that's never really enough, but it sure helps. You know, uh, it doesn't sustain any any long term uh, healing or fix us. You know, it's like drinking a beer. It, it does make me feel good immediately. You know, and as does me performing on stage and getting that laugh. It, it makes me feel like I just jumped out of a plane, you know. But when you get back in your green room and you're all by yourself, all the real stuff comes back, you know, and you got to do it again. But, yeah, that that song, I'm so glad uh, a guy named Matt Jenkins and Josh Jenkins, they wrote it with me. And uh, they were insistent that, that we that we do that. A song together, and uh, I'm glad you appreciate it. I'm glad people. Yeah, like that's it. like, and and we'll get to the more upbeat stuff because I yeah. think you have a sound that is not like anyone else. But I just, you know, it's my podcast. Like, I talk about whatever I want. So those are uh, like those are the songs that like hit me hard. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, he's like, speak. songs a lot of times don't speak in real human words anymore. Yeah, yeah, and, and and when you do feel something authentic, regardless of sonically what it sounds like, it being authentic still yeah. cuts through. No matter what's behind it, yeah, something for real still cuts through, regardless yeah. of the format, the instruments, like realness cuts through, and so that's what I felt from like stars and the comedian and beer in the fridge and yeah. But then you know you got stuff like break the internet. You make all the stuff in your shack? Yeah. Beat on tables, beat on the wall, slam the door. All these sounds. Yeah. It, it's you and that microphone, and you're beating cups and sounds. That's it. That's it. I got a keyboard. Every once in a while. You're doing all these bad BGBs. I'm a BGB maniac. But I got more gold than a record label. As you're cutting this and you're playing it for people, what are they saying to you? Like, man, this ain't gonna work, or this is gonna be great, or what? They, what are they saying? Well, uh, you know, my the people at my publishing company they signed me, obviously, uh, to, you know, to write songs, but wanted me to they they signed me with the intention of me being an artist. And you know, I think at first they thought, hey, he's gonna write that one, you know, that dangerous one on the country radio, you know, that country radio slap slam first released. Ba-boom. And what happened was I kind of got all therapeutic, you know, on them. Like you talk about comedian and stuff like that. Those feel so good for me to write. You know, sometimes it's just great to get that stuff off of your chest and tell everybody that makes me feel better. And so that's what I was doing with those those dark ones. And then the happy ones, that's just kind of how I, that's how I want to party. You know, that's the stuff I want to play live. And um, they definitely were... What what happened was I started turning turning them in, and my team didn't see really a a fast track. Hey, this is going to country radio, you know. Obviously from the sound, but they just loved them. You know, they liked they loved the song. They found themselves listening to them, um, and cheat. And I know it's cheesy, but I even found myself 
I would listen to them like they're not me. I'd be like, Man, I just like this song, The Comedian. You know, this one too, yeah. Of all this project, what was the first song you wrote? So the first song on this project yeah. that was written was either Say Sober or You Broke Up With Me. I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. Um, but yeah, th those, those two, I, You Broke Up With Me was the one where we all went, hey, keep doing that. Yeah. Because that's something about that that's unique uh, and digestible. You know? And this is a single now. You broke up with me. The single. But hey, you broke up with me. Yeah, what can I say, man? You broke up with me. What's funny is I remember texting you, because I remember the song came out. And yeah, I, you know, you produced it yourself, and I tell you, I was like, "Hey, I heard the the new version. It's it's produced slightly different parts, yeah. like more radio yeah. palatable." And your response was, "I'm listening to it like I never heard it before." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Darling, you can't crash my party with your sorry and what are we? Don't be raining on my Mardi Gras parade for a minute. I ain't even fixing to listen to your guilt trip and your forgetting girl. You made your bed and didn't want me in it. Whoa. So that's a single now, and you're working. Yeah. It. You know, and the interesting thing is, is that, and I'll just talk about my, my listeners for a second. Yeah. Because I can always tell by my listeners if it's exposed the right way, what, uh -huh. what will work. Because all I gotta do is play something. Right. My listeners are no BS. If they don't like it, they just don't. They don't do what I say. Right. I just try to give them good options right. that they probably wouldn't be able to hear other places. I dig it. Like, honest to God, I can't make them do anything. Right. But what I try to do in my job is go, this is different or this is really good and right. you're not going to hear this anywhere else. And if you like it, then consume it, however. Right. And I played that song and I looked at it on iTunes before I played it because I like to see what happens. Uh-huh. And I gave it one full spin. It was at 183. I played it one time. Within an hour and a half, went to 38 or something. Boom. And I was, and it for me, it wasn't a like for me, it wasn't like, man, Bobby, I told you, you knew what was good. Yeah. It was, God, if people can get out of that box a little bit, right, and see, this is one spin. Right. People reacted to this song. Right. And so, I you know I've tinkered with it a bit more, but now it's kind of like let's let's let the label see what they can do. Yeah. But it's got to be cool to see people hear it and go, wow, I heard it. Now I like it. Let me buy that. Yeah. It's got to be some kind of bit like, like, okay, maybe there's something to this. Do you feel that? Oh, man. Yes. And, uh, you know, you had the first question you asked me was what it, what's it mean for you to, to be on a label? And I just didn't. It's all every day is a good day. <laughs> <laughs> no, familiar hey, saying. I'm, yes. I'm not kidding though. I mean, every that that day we celebrated. I celebrate everything right now, and that is amazing. That I that that I woke up that day, and you know, you play my song one time, and it does that. 
and and yes, man. I mean, you know, you work so hard on music, and you just think it's so good, and and you just then you produce it, and it's so awesome, and then you put out put it out there, and you're like, oh man, what? Now it's time Did to I see. Like it, yeah, you know. The critics are paying and using. They're criticizing with their money. Oh yeah. And when they pay it, they're not criticizing. Yeah. And when they don't pay it, they criticize. Right. 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 And so now to to see, I mean, we had a sick first week. I mean, we blew it up, and uh, it was awesome. And and yeah, I mean, it is so it is so gratifying, uh, you know, that people that people liked it, like they're liking it. Let me tell you another song too that I saw a track, and I was like, how can this song even be a song? Just by looking at the name of it. Oh. I was like, one of mine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he wrote a song about Halloween. Oh, and I remember because I think it was on the second, the set. What Halloween was on the second? Yeah, it was yeah. on uh, Break the Internet. So Halloween, I was like, well, let me even see what this song is about. <laughs> Halloween, like what's this about? The dude, one like one of the deepest songs. Yeah. in a beautiful way. Thanks, man. Because that's like I get to take off my costume around yeah. you. You're talking about your wife. Yeah, and then I knock, knock, knocked on your door. Every mask I ever wore shattered like glass on the floor, and it was like Halloween ended. To all the people I pretended to be, rest in peace, rest in peace, rest in peace. So deep, so good. Halloween ended. To all the people I pretended to be, rest in peace, rest in. What's it like playing that for your wife? Oh man, uh, awesome! Because she's so numb, you know. Love songs in twelve years, three, four pub deals. You write a ton of love songs, and you just you come home and you're like, "Did I get you? Did it? Did this one get you?" And uh, not none of them, you know, got her like this one uh, because we dated in high school, and she knew. That's what she meant to me immediately, you know, right off the bat. I was a real insecure kid trying to fit in in Mobile. But then I met her, and she just saw the side of me that she really fell in love with. And uh, that's, yeah, one of her favorite songs for sure. Let me talk about this sleep number for a second. Did you look at my room when we walked by? Dude, I didn't. I wanted to, but I didn't want to be that creep. I'm glad you didn't. (laughs) I got a sleep number bed in less than time of year. Maybe tempted once again to... Go to the same old mattress store and search for the same old bed just because it's on sale. But let me tell you right now, Sleep Number has the bed that adjusts to whatever it is. Your back, your neck. You can go into the store, you look at the screen, and it tells you like what your number is. My number is a 30. The Sleep Number bed lets you choose your ideal comfort on each side. It's the perfect bed for couples. You can have each side. You can have a different number. Optional Sleep IQ technology, too. It tracks your sleep. It gives you personal insights. You see how life affects your sleep. You see how sleep, sleep affects your life. The sleep number was ranked highest customer satisfaction in mattresses by J.D. Power for two years in a row. My setting is a 30. I think my IQ score was in the 90s last night. Never been a better time to visit a sleep number store. You can save 50% on a limited edition bed during the sleep number event that they're having. That's a Queen C2 mattress, $599.99. You'll only find sleep number at any of the 500 sleep number stores nationwide. And you can find one nearest you by calling 800 next to bed and say you heard it here on the bobby bone show bobby cast and so that's there and there yeah, it's good i like how listen i like having sponsors because that's how you know people <laughs> yeah, are listening man. to the we started we started this thing and we didn't think anybody was gonna listen like yeah. mike d and i this is no this is our equipment 
Like, we, no, yeah. <laughs> this is just stuff that we wrangled up. Yeah. So we started doing this little <laughs> podcast, and we were talking to people. Like, for example, Caitlin Smith, one of the first ones who's on your list. It's just yeah. you and Caitlin right now. Yeah. And I was like, Caitlin, come over to the house. Because I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to talk to artists, talk to songwriters. <laughs> and then now we got Sleep Number sponsoring this yeah, thing. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's like, oh, let me ask you this. You put all your stuff out for free at first. Right. Well, who thought of that? Why was that the plan? So that was thought of by my manager, Rob, Robert Carlton. And he's kind of famous now. But he... Uh, you know, he heard my stuff, and like we were talking earlier, he heard those songs that I was building in the shack, and he said, you know, these ain't going to fit country radio right now, but these will build a fan base. People will share these. They will love them. They will connect to them. And so that's what we did. We just started putting them out, started touring a little bit, got a couple opening slots, you know, last year, and uh, places to go play them, got the loop, started learning how to do that because just wanted them to sound as close as I could to these tracks. And that's why we started putting out free music. And it was so exhilarating. It was so therapeutic for me. It obviously made me a better writer. I feel like they just keep getting better and better. I'm already working on number three. I don't know where that lives, you know, as far as label stuff goes, but they will let me continue the eight tracks. And uh, so I'm excited about those. They'll just keep coming. For me, I'm a huge fan yeah. of, of you and the music that you yeah. make. And I became, I became a huge. Uh, yeah, welcome, shut up. I became a huge fan way early. Like I was obsessed with it. Yeah. And I would say on the radio, they'd be like, "What's the biggest albums of the year?" And I'd be like, "You know, I played Ripcord from Urban a lot, Marin and Walker Hayes." Yeah, you did. And I was and I and I would mean it from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, and we man. were. And it wasn't like you and I were talking every day. We were, I don't even know if we were talking. We were te- maybe right. exchanged a text occasionally. Yeah. But I was just a fan. Like yeah. I was just a fan. Because I love people who try things that aren't the same, yeah. even if they fall on their face. Like, I love people that take shots. Falling forward is still, is still moving forward. Yeah. And so, one, I like the music. And two, I enjoy the fact that you were trying something new. Yeah. And so, I would say that stuff. Like, magazines would do interviews. Like, what you listen to most? Oh, I love Dirks' album. I love the Walker Hayes album. Like, I, it was just, <laughs> that's just what I, because it was the yeah. truth. Like, what's the most uh, thing that you play? I would tell him, yeah. I would tell him, I would tell him. And so... Something that shook me a bit, and I'm jaded. I'm yeah. the first to admit it because I've been doing this now, in the, just in this capacity for four years. Yeah. And I've had Garth Brooks sit beside me, right, and play. There you go. And I've had, you name it. It's yeah. happened, it's, and it's great, and it never loses the fact that it's great. Uh-huh. But when, I, when you eat filet mignon every day, yeah. it becomes kind of normal. Yeah, Salisbury steak. So it's like <laughs> I enjoy it, and I still appreciate yeah. it. But... Rarely do things shake me. Occasionally yeah. things like that. really shake. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I get a message from one of my friends. Uh, she works at the, my record label. Her name's Megan Boardman. Uh-huh. And she says, uh, did you hear this song called Pain Walker Hayes sent out an email? I was like, no, I'm not on his email list. Yeah. I'm not on anybody's email list. Yeah. I didn't know he had an email list. Like I just listened to the, to the right. music. And I was like, no. She goes, uh, you should probably hear it. And I was like, well, send me the, the email. And so... Like, I'm going to tell you, eyeball to eyeball, I just sat in my car, and I was like, to have someone you're such a huge fan of, like, even mention you in a song, oh, dude. I was like, this is, like, crazy in well, my life. I'm, I, honestly, it means the world for you to say that, because when you put somebody in a song, you're like, are they going to hate, like, is this going to suck for them? Or are they it, dude, it was, a, it was or? the weirdest thing. It was, yeah. a, it was a great... Uh, I have trouble with emotion, feeling. Yeah. I have trouble letting myself feel emotion because yeah. I feel like any good emotion is going to be gone. Yeah. And, and 
any good emotion has to be met with equal bad. So, yeah. I, so I try not to have good emotion. <laughs> like, I, it's a listen, I'm nuts, right? Okay. I had great emotion from this song. Good. That's me, man. That's awesome. And so, the, and you can't, this, this is online, but this is pain from Walker Hayes. Here you go. May 23rd, 2016, seven something in the morning. I was driving when a dream came true. Came through my Honda factory speakers and on me. Bobby Bones played a song that I wrote about a lonely beer in the fridge. It's one of my dark ones, what you hear is how it felt From the broken in my heart, one's about addiction, love, loss and recovery Trust me, only wrote it cause I had to get it out of me Not for Nashville, not for radio, for nobody but me And maybe that trouble soul press and rewind Wrestling demons like mine, looking for company in this design It doesn't really feel so grand, all the time Frank, I didn't know Frank. Nah, could feel so good It doesn't feel so grand all the time I get chill bumps now listening yeah, to that song. Dude. I, so I, I guess I want to know about because well, I never asked you about the song because I was kind of embarrassed to do it. Cause yeah. It was like, dude, you did my name <laughs> in the song. You were embarrassed. Yeah, a little bit. Come I was embarrassed. On, Bobby? So did you know I was going to play your song that morning? No. Because I don't think I, I don't tell anybody I'm going to play their music. Well, you know, when we've, we've talked about this, um, I just feel weird, you know, asking you know people to do that you know I, I honestly you know that that song is in that category of of a uh, comedian uh Leela star you know nobody asked me to write about that um i just had to you know it was a it was a special moment for me i was out in the middle of nowhere um picking up actually i had my loop worked on in close to murfreesboro so i was just driving when you played beer in the fridge and man it just was another one of those moments where you got to pinch yourself. And, and and I was like, I can't believe what is happening to me at that, at this point in my life. You know, I got six kids. I could barely feed, uh, you know, a year ago. And now uh, my work tape's rocking on the radio. You know, and, and Beer in the Fridge is a naked song. I mean, it's the truth. There's like three things on the track. Um, you know, so I'm hearing Keith Urban blow it up. And then all of a sudden I hear just, you know, all these, and it just rocked me, man. I mean, I, you know, I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of those moments where I like pull over and cry. I mean, I freaking love music and it, it has so much emotional power over me, but I have never felt like I did when I listened to that song. Uh, and so I had to write about that moment and everything that it made me think of, you know, how far uh, my life had changed pretty quick, you know. And so I just blurted it all out in that song, and you were obviously a part of that story. Um, so thanks. And it was a good business Probably move. You for play- it was a great business <laughs> move. But honestly, like you said, I mean, I got to tell you, there were moments where I was like, I don't know if I want to release it, like, I was also like, do I just put like a DJ? I didn't know whether whether you would appreciate having your name in it, or I was like, he's gonna think this is just a business move. But honestly, I, I ran, you know, we run it by my team as I was creating the song, and they were like, man, you mentioned Mike, that guy you worked with at Costco. You mentioned your wife and your kid, and you, you know, the the song is honest. 
about every detail. There's not one. I've always, I, we've always laughed because I'm like, somebody's going to ask about that song and be like, can you, can you tell me about it? And I'm just going to be like, well, May 23rd, 2016. So, <laughs> you know, just I'm going to recite this song because there's really nothing else to say. It's just the 100% truth down to the Costco card in the freaking console. I believe you too because, one, you didn't put it out like out, out. Yeah, it was. You sent out an email. Yeah, it's still up there. For, you can't even like stream it. Yeah, you got to get. Um, no, it's nowhere. And, and you know, and I hope you, eventually, if you put it up, it's all good. And I don't believe anybody at any time for any reason. But I believe you because I, <laughs> okay. I don't believe you. I don't believe anybody. Yeah, like yeah, you know how it is around here. Yeah, no, I know exactly. When times are good, everybody's your friend. Yeah, and when times aren't good, and nobody wants anything to do with you. I know. I know. I do know that, man. And that's that's a that's the nature of this beast. And so you gotta find the people and this isn't just our business. This is like a life thing. Oh yeah. You have to find the people that when times are on that stock market downtick that yeah. are right by your side and you keep them by your side when that stock market goes back up. Yeah. Because it's gonna go back down again. Right. And so those are the people just ride they just ride let them ride with you and you ride with them. Yeah. And that's how you find the people. Yeah. Like the people that are with you when it's down are the people that you just keep on surrounding yourself right and they're rare and there's like a few and that's it i know i know uh, we had this whole conversation like off mic days ago but yeah yeah it's weird it's been it's been cool getting to know you because again i'm just a huge fan well thanks and and that's why i went and i was like because i was doing this whole stand-up comedy tour and and you know, I can ask whoever I want to open, yeah. and I was like, "Man, I would love to have freaking Walker Hayes come out." Yeah, like because I just want to watch him play. Like no other reason. Like, yeah. I, I just want Walker to come out. And then in the middle of all this, to see like you popping, yeah, like just popping, pop. Is it now where you're starting to be cool, and people are now coming out going, "Hey, cool guy, you want to work together?" Oh yeah, yeah, I man. bet that happens. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah. Because you're going to trust them as far as you can throw them, but you can still use each other for <laughs> for whatever advantage you're working yeah. together. Yeah, and that's, you know, I'm ashamed to say this, but I'm sure I've done that to somebody in this town. You know, and I try to remember that, that we're all capable of that. And um, But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are definitely coming out of the woodwork. Um, and that's tough, you know, sometimes it's, it's tough to accept that. You need the people coming out of the woodwork, though, is the thing. Yeah, exactly. You, you need them. It's just use them for what they're there to be used for. Yeah. They ain't, that, they're not the people that are, are completely down. Yeah. But they're down for what you need them for, and you're down for what you need them for. Right. Just remember, right. I didn't come out of the woodwork. <laughs> I was way no, early. No. I was like, I was like hiding in the woods. I was waiting. <laughs> I didn't come out. Like I was up in a tree looking down. I was no. like, I see you, Walker. Oh man, it's been good. I hope you enjoyed like hanging and talking. No, I did, man. Thank, thanks for having me. I feel like I've been on a couch, dude. It is like there it's therapeutic. It oh, is. Here's a little something. This is called Walker singing to the Duggars. Would you like to talk to us? Oh my gosh, singing to the Duggars. Yeah, you talking about from the show? You tell me what this is. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? You guys like music? No way. You got a second? You have the episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go ahead and tell me before I play. So what what exactly is it? Okay, so this is uh, is when uh, Derek and Jill, I think is her name, got uh, engaged. How did you end up on this show? Okay, so they're 
the producer of the show lives near me and called me one day. He heard you on the porch. He didn't hear. Yeah, he heard me on the back porch. No, he actually, man, he was just like, we're thinking about doing this segment. If you can give us a song, I can convince the network that they need to do this. And I said, man, tell me about their love story. He was like, it's really cool. They went all the way to Kathmandu, but they lived, you know, super close, but went all the way to another country and met each other. So I just wrote this song. And uh, he was like, boom, that's perfect for their uh, engagement. Here we go. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? You guys like music? I do. <laughs> you, want, you got a second? I got a song that uh, y'all you, reminded me of. Do you of like music? <laughs> hey, that'd be great. Well, you grew up about 30, short minutes down the street. But we had to go 8,000 miles away to meet. I'm not sure what the Lord was thinking, taking us all the way to Kathmandu. But I know he was thinking of me when he made you. So, oh, yeah. And as beautiful as that is, the acting is, is just <laughs> horrendous. First of all, has anyone ever in the history of questions answered the word no to you do like do music? Do you like music? Yeah. Hey, do you yeah. like music? It's a safe question. Nah, not really. <laughs> all, right. all right, man. Well, I'm going to move on. Hey, do you like food? No. 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 And they, just listen to the acting here. Uh, yeah, what's up? Hey, guys. Hey, even the hey guys, hey guys. I gotta give I you, it's pretty bad. You're just like sitting in a, like a park bench. <laughs> hey, hey guys, yeah, hey, guys. hey, how's it going? God, this is awful. <laughs> the, the, the acting. The, Nobody wrote a script. I remember meeting with him and, and uh, I talked to him because he knew he was in on it. It's just I would hope. Beyonce. Yeah, and uh, man, we botched it big time. But hey she was still. Hey, how's it going? You guys like music? I do. Yeah. She's like, yeah. I do, yeah, I do. Music, yeah. How lucky, because of all the people in the world, they both liked music. Like, you're lucky that they both I did. Know. Man, it was a uh, dude. I'm no, I'm no actor. Come on, <laughs> hey, hey, man, just sitting here on you the like bench. Music? Uh, happen to have a guitar, I, right and now. I happen to have written a song about your whole life. Do, exactly. do, you have, do you have a second to stop for me while I play this whole song I wrote about your life? This is totally <laughs> random, by the way. Do you like music? I'm oh a bad actor. man, I've, I've. Uh, I've actually auditioned for some stuff and failed big time. I mean, acting is, woo, talk about uh, putting your guard down. I mean, that's a scary thing. Kind of like your comedy thing we were talking about before uh, we went out. I was asking you if you're afraid. It, I mean, it's you all vulnerable. Nothing. It's all vulnerable. Music's vulnerable. Comedy's vulnerable. Acting is all vulnerable. If you're creative, yeah. you are vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Because people are choosing if they like or don't like what you're doing. Yeah. And you need them to do that. That's vulnerable. Yeah. You need someone to like or not like you. Yeah. Hopefully they like you. But you don't create so people don't care. Right. You create so hopefully yeah. people care. And then when they don't, you realize I didn't create good enough. Or I, or at the time, I didn't create good enough. Mm -hmm. So just as you get up and you sing songs about your life that are very vulnerable, I get up and I tell stories and the entire light, the entire room is focused on my mouth hole, and that's it. But I, I, I mean, really, that's it. But yeah. I, I thrive off of that the same way that you do in writing music. Right. I thrive off of just, and again, it comes back to just being like needing that love too. Yeah. Like that's that's finding love for me. I go out. I need that. I need that love. So I fight for it. Yeah. I'm terrible at relationships. <laughs> God. I'm terrible. Want to talk about it? No. I don't think so. <laughs> It's not, not, it's not the moment. Not right now. 
This is not a Bobby. This is not a Bobby Bobbycast. This is a Walker Bobbycast. All, right. all, right. uh, all right. So uh, download. You broke up with me. That's the only song that you can download yeah, we right need now. People to pay for that. Yeah, we, we need to. Walker, depending on when you hear this, will be out on the road with me until May. Uh, WalkerHayes.com is your website, too. Right. Um, whenever it, What's fun is on, on tour, Nikita Carmen comes out and sings Halloween oh, with you. Oh, she kills it. Is it? Like, she's so good, right? Amazing. And, like, nobody even knows about her really yet? That's and weird to me. She's so, cause she's so good. I know. But, th- but they're going to. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to pull her they in here once. And, you know, she. I just met her on Skype and was like, you got to move to the States. Oh, really? Oh yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know your story. Like, I didn't know. How oh you yeah, met. yeah. Friend, we were just looking for someone. Like, a, I needed a girl in the band uh-huh. so I could like write funny stuff from a girl perspective. Yeah. I could raise ball women, and so I, was, I went through and I didn't, just couldn't find anybody, so I gave up. And friend was like, "Hey, you should." There's this girl in Australia. She's not trying to get to the states or be, yeah. be a singer songwriter over here, but she plays in pubs. And I was like, "Okay," so I skyped with her, and I think it was like 10 a.m. I was like, "Hey, can you get your guitar in the office?" And she went and got her guitar. Skyped with her like an hour later, and she played on Skype. That's the only time I ever I'd ever seen her. No way. And I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, you're you're so good." Yeah. She's like, "Oh, I don't know about that." <laughs> and I was like, "Can you get and on a plane?" Spoke. And can yeah. you get here in three days? And she got on a plane, quit her job, moved here. Wow. Didn't have anywhere to live. She lived with me for like two and a half months or so. And so, and I was just like, "You just just write, write." Yeah. She's just writing. She got a publishing deal. She's on a you know you know. Yeah. But she's so good. Oh, she's phenomenal. Yeah, that song first. And people will find Rush her. Me. I wonder if I. You got first. I have all. I have, I have everything. Let me tell you, did it not so pretty? I mean, while we're talking about it. Don't do it with me. She's sick, dude. She, uh, yeah, she's like two feet tall. Here we go. Nikita Carmen. This is a first. I play some of this. Cry when you said I'm not the one Cause I ain't one to come undone I held my head up high and bit my tongue I let the goodbye settle like dust Couldn't stop thinking about the two of us And a heart breaks hard to rise above I'll take the high road and I'll keep my cool Pretty soon I won't be thinking about you First, let me tell my friend she's not that pretty You don't look half as happy as you do with me She's wearing that trendy Tom Petty t-shirt I'll stop being petty by your American girl But first, let me waste my week's wage on tequila Curse your name and lipstick on the bathroom mirror One day I'm gonna wake up, gonna feel just fine I just gotta go a little out of my mind first Dude, I gotta say, like, I know you, you talk about... uh. She like calls that an EP, or and yeah. she's just like, oh, I just released. That, those are all work tapes. I'm gonna tell you something. I believe if you were to do that uh, whole play it thing, that Joker would jump up the charts. It would jump. I mean, that song reminds me of like something Lord, the royal person, country the royal version. person. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, she's sick. legitimately oh, yeah. like fantastic. Yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm looking over here. It's like other artists you may know. If if it's her, ready for the list. 
Yeah. Walker Hayes. Boom. <laughs> yes. Lindsay L. Sweet. My my girlfriend slash her roommate now. <laughs> Brandon Ray, who is like uh, they're one of the greatest. And like that's another dude who can sing his brains off. The Raging Idiots. <laughs> Caitlin Smith. Uh, Natalie Hemby. That's, that's her awesome. people you may know. That's good company. Yeah. Um, uh, Walker, good luck, man. Dude, thank you. I need it. I'm enjoying this. I appreciate you having me, man. This is awesome. Relax in the chair. It is. I don't want to get up. He walked in the house. He was like, so this is where you live. Hey, you know what, though? Seriously, you need to let somebody do a Bobby cast on you. I do that every morning. It's called the Bobby Bone Show. No, nah, but you need somebody <laughs> to ask you. I, I wrote you. a book. I wrote you a need book. somebody to ask no, you I those don't. questions about... Uh, personal stuff like Amy kind of did a bit right yeah. Amy well, yeah we do it with Amy she did a bit but I wrote a book dude I'm good I got <laughs> and all, you're working on I got, uh, yeah a second one I talked about that maybe yeah but yeah it's good life's good for me I'm this ain't about me it's about Walker I'm a huge fan like diehard fan man. like as legitimately as possible and I kept you from this for a while because it was like Everybody was like, all right, enough of Walker Hayes. Talking about Walker Hayes. Like, oh, you just wait. I have a tweet that I say from like seven months ago that was like, in a year, everybody's going to be like, why did I sleep on Walker Hayes? <laughs> I save that tweet. Yeah. I'm going to show everybody one day. Show them, man. And be like, we'll see? Show them. I told you. Uh, good show to see you, man. man. Thanks, buddy. All right, Walker Hayes, download I don't, don't, anything he puts out. I demand it. All right, good. All right, Mike, we're out. What episode was this? 36? 36. All right, Walker Hayes at Walker Hayes, right? H a y e s. Follow me on Instagram. Yeah, at Walker Hayes on Instagram and Twitter at WalkerHayes.com. Uh, he's out with me doing all the music, and I do the jokes until May. Have you announced your other thing yet, or no? No. Nah. Okay, so then never mind. Other stuff coming <laughs> yeah. down. Other stuff coming for us. All right, we'll see you uh, soon. Bye, everybody. You can hear Nikita still singing in the background. <laughs> I forgot to turn her part down. Anyway, bye. <laughs>